0: Now, one may ask who John is, and I want to uh, let you know who John is. So listen, John, the son of Zebedee, was a skillful fisherman who lived in a small village by the Sea of Galilee. He worked hard to provide for his family and had a reputation as an experienced and dedicated fisherman. One day while fishing with his brother Jane, Jesus approached them and called them to, him, follow, to follow him, saying, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Without hesitation, John and James left their fishing nets and followed Jesus, embarking on a journey that would change their lives forever. And John spent time with Jesus. He witnessed the countless miracles and heard profound teachings which included teachings about repentance, forgiveness, forgiveness, and the importance of a personal relationship with God. um, This touched his soul. He saw Jesus heal the sick, raise the dead, and demonstrate God's love in tangible ways. John also saw Jesus' deep compassion for people and his unwavering faith for God. Through his interaction with Jesus, John understood that Jesus was not just a great teacher or a miracle worker, but the Son of God, the promised Messiah. He recognized that Jesus fulfilled the prophecies in Scripture, and he came to believe that Jesus was the Savior of the world. Hallelujah. One of the most significant moments in John's life was when he witnessed Jesus' crucifixion on the cross. He stood at the foot of the cross. John saw Jesus' selfless sacrifice, he self-sacrificed and love for humanity. He witnessed Jesus' willingness to lay down his life for the sins of the world. How wonderful is that? After Jesus' resurrection, he experienced the joy and the wonder of seeing Jesus alive again and realized that Jesus had conquered death and sin. John's life was transformed He became a fervent follower of Jesus, dedicating his life to spreading the message of God's love and forgiveness. He traveled far and wide preaching the gospel and baptizing new believers in the name of Jesus. John's transformation was evident to those around him. His family and his friends and fellow fishermen noticed the change in his character and witnessed the power of his testimony. Many were drawn to the message of salvation through Jesus Christ, and the gospel transformed the lives to whom he preached that message. John's journey with Jesus was challenging. He faced persecution, opposition, and hardship for his faith. He was imprisoned. He was beaten. And he was exiled for his unwavering commitment to Jesus. However, through it all, John remained steadfast in his faith, leaning on Jesus' promises. In his latter years, John became known as the Apostle of Love because of the emphasis and the importance of love in the Christian faith. His His encounter forever changed John's life. As a fisherman of Jesus. That is John my brother and sister. And my question to you this morning is. If I read that of your life. Can I say the same about you? Have you got unfavoring favor and love and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Can somebody at your deathbed say this about you? If we have a funeral about you. And people stand up and they say that. Can they say that you came to a point in your life. When you met the master of the universe, the king of kings and the lord of lords, and that you submitted your life to him, and you started to live a life in his favor. How wonderful is the gospel of the heaven of Christ. Amen? Now we see this John, and we know that he is the apostle of love. Not only because he was so close to Jesus, but if you read through the, the gospel according to John, if you read through that gospel, you will see that there is one thing, one thing that comes out, and that's the love of God. If you read through this letter, you will find, I, tell you, I ask you to go and do that. Open up the first letter of John and take a, a, a marker, a yellow marker, and go and mark all the times that you find the word love in these letters. So this is the apostle of love, and the biggest love he can show us is to share to us the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you about what he said. He was so close to Jesus that he calls Him the Word of Life. I wonder, my friend, if you are so close to the Word of Life as John was this morning. That's the only thing that matters in the whole world, is your relationship with the Son of God, with the Son of Man. If you open up in the Gospels, his whole purpose for writing the Gospel of John is to introduce you to the Son of God. Who knows that God has got a Son? Can you show me? And who knows that Son? It's not knowing that God has got a Son, but it's to know that Son and to have a personal relationship with the Son of God. How privileged are we as children of God? How privileged are you who come into this place this morning that you can have a relationship with the Son of the living God? Listen to me. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. You can have a relationship, not with the religion, not with a person upon the face of this earth. The church's name means nothing. This is Kingsway Caramid Downs. It's going to... Wash away in eternity. But the name of the Son of God will stand forever. Come on, let's keep the Lord's hand in this place. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's the only name that I can bring you today. And that's the Son of God. He names him the word of life. And we're going to see his encounter that he had with the living Christ. Now, when you open up and you ask John, why do you write this? We first want to go to John chapter 20 verse 30. Why did you write the gospel? And by the way, when you open up in your Bible to that gospel, it's not John's gospel. It is the gospel according to John. According to means a lot. He writes the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he writes here in John 20 verse 30 and he says, And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. I, I think if we had to write every single thing about Jesus Christ in those years after the Holy Spirit came and descended upon him, till, the, till now, because he's still alive, there is no book in the world who can capture every single thing about our Messiah. Every single library in the world will be too small, but that which He has given us, we need to take heed of. It's amazing that I find so many people try to go and find those mystery things that Jesus did. You find books about Jesus when He was a teenager and He conducted miracles. That is a lie. Jesus did no miracles before the Holy Spirit came from heaven and he was baptized. That was when he was put into ministry. But he says now, since that time until now, when John saw all of the witnesses, he says to you and me, there is just no place in any book in the whole world to write down about this Jesus. And you say to me, why do you hammer about that preacher? Just for the fact that if you think you've worked out Jesus Christ, you haven't you can't he's bigger than your brain he's higher than your imagination and he's wider than your dreams that's my Lord He says in verse 31, and this is so, this is so important that if you have your Bible, you need to have these words underwritten. But more than that, you need to have it in the temples of your heart. He says, but these are written, the things which you have in your Bible. I I started saying this and I'm going to complete saying it. So many times people look for all of these. This extra knowledge. They come into the church and they say to me, Pastor, it's not only that. There's so much more revelational knowledge that you need to get. And I say to them, you spend your time on the revelational knowledge. I'll spend my time in the Word of God. Because when you have come to the end, and to the depth, and to the width, and to the height, and the breadth of this Bible, to the end of it, then you can start looking at all of those exponential knowledge. But I'll tell you this, my dear friend, you will spend your whole lifetime, and not even come to even a a yittle of this Bible. I've spent too many times in my life with old saints who pass on to be with the Lord, and at the end... When seventy and 75 years old and another person that I've met, 80 years old, Christians, studied the Bible and me as a young pastor going to them and listen to the wealth of knowledge they got. And those men that I sat with at the end, they come to me and they say, I still know nothing. This is why in this church we don't build the church on worship. We don't build this church. We don't make this place dark and bring you out all of these little, you know, machines and smoke and all of that stuff. We don't build this church on books and theories and what other men say. There's no important important person in this place. It's only Christ and Him crucified. He says, these things were written that you may believe. And that Jesus Christ, listen to this now, this is the reason he wrote this whole gospel, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I'm saying to you this morning, if you read the gospel according to John, you will meet the Son of God. And that by believing you may have life, everybody say life, life, life in his name, that you may have life in his name. Now John continue this in the letters, when we go to 1 John chapter 5 verse 13. We find the same. So fascinating. He says here in verse 13, These things, and he's now talking about the letter which we are studying through. He says, These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Have you seen the change between the two verses? In the first verse, he says to you, You need to believe in the Christ, the Son of God, and that you will receive life now there's a lot of years that's passed on and these people believe in Him now He says for you who believe in the name of the Son of God why do I write this to you that you may know everybody say no. no that you have eternal life here He says if you're going to believe in Him you will have this life now I've believed in Him He saved my soul and now He says to you that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. It amazes me that I still find Christians who say, Oh, preacher, I don't know whether I'm going to be in heaven or not. Oh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm going to sin a week from now, and God's going to be so mad at me, and He says, You're not my child anymore. I'm telling you today what Jesus Christ said. I'm telling you today that you may know that you have eternal life. How good would that be to know that? Do you know that today? You're going to sit here today and say, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, perhaps, you know, possibly. No, no. He says he comes to you, this man of God, I read you about him. John, who spent his whole life with him, he testifies to you and to me today. He says, I am writing these things to you so that you today, Trees, you can know, David, you can know, John, you can know today, you can know today that you have eternal life. This is why, brothers and sisters, this doesn't bother me, a death house. A funeral home. I come in here and I say, This is a beautiful building, and I thank God for this facility, which He built brand new for this church. Other people spend their money so that we can have church here. And there's yet still people who won't come to this building because it's a funeral home. Then you are afraid of death. Brothers and sisters, if you know you have eternal life, you will not be afraid of death. Death, where is your stint? Hallelujah. Yes, my sister. Hallelujah. You see, John introduced to us the most important person that you must meet in your entire life. And it's not your husband, by the way. It's not your wife. (laughs) I've seen people over the years who, who, who worship the feet or wherever their wife walks, their wife is number one in their lives. No, no. You will meet the most important person. And listen how I put it to you. I didn't say the most important church, the most important religion. I don't care who you belong to. But if you don't belong to the Son of God, you've got a problem. Yeah. You must belong to the Son of God. And this is it. Is you, you will be meeting the Son of God. It's not the Prime Minister of the, of the country. Oh, I'm going to meet the Prime Minister. So what? I'm going to meet uh, the most important person in the world, uh, Joe Biden. And it goes, uh, 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 uh. It's not that. No, no. The most important person, and listen again. I re-emphasize it. You need to understand this. This is a relationship with a person, with with a person in Jesus Christ. And this is the fascinating thing about this whole matter, that you may know the Son of God. These other people can offer you nothing. I've got a good relationship with my beautiful wife. And we've given and taken in this relationship. We've known each other so much, but my beautiful wife can give me nothing when I blow out my last breath. Are you with me now? I can give her nothing when she blows out her last breath. But I know of a man, I know of the Son of God, when you blow out your last breath, He goes, Come on here, my child. Here is that life that I was talking about. (laughs) Hallelujah. Oh, that's crazy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord. This is what He says, eternal life. I hope, my friend, that before you walk out of these doors today, that you've made sure that you have a personal relationship with the Son of God, and you have eternal life. I better hurry on. Now, look at this now. And John emphasizes his fact here in 1 John chapter 5, verse 20. He writes this to us. Because John found... A real person in a fake world. Do you know that we are living in a fake world? You know, people who say they are real are actually not real. And the biggest disappointment is if you've spent time in a relationship with them and at the end you find out they are not real. Is that a disappointment or what? And we live in that and i see how people will fall down in front of politicians and politicians stands there and say oh yeah we're going to do this if you vote for us and we're going to give you this money if you vote for us and we're going to give you a washing machine if you vote for me i'm going to give you a fridge and i'm going to give you a voucher if you vote for me but all of those people are fake there's nothing realness in this and in the midst of all of this fakeness here comes one that john says is real He's the real deal. He writes it here in 1 John chapter 5 verse 3 and he says, we know, everybody say no. No. And, And again, if you go to the letter of John as I spent some time in it, go and see every time when he says, this you can know. Oh, I don't know. Yes, you can. He says, and we know that the Son of God has come. Who knows that? Amen. The Son of God has come. And what has he done? he has given us understanding whoa what's going on here now my brother said that you know his life didn't save us what saved us the cross the cross is the center of our teaching his life didn't save us so i'm standing back now and saying what does that life mean to me then here john comes and he says he lived his life listen to this now so that you may have understanding about the Son of God. He's not going to leave you an orphan. He's not going to leave you over to these false teachers, these so-proclaimed prophets and apostles. Don't listen to them. They will tell you fake stuff. He's the one who's coming, and He's giving you understanding. If you want to understand what this is all about, I will tell you one thing you need to do. You need to read this book. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. Do you agree with me? It doesn't matter whether you agree with me. I know that's the truth. This is the truth. The understanding comes from the Word of God. And this is what He says right here now. He says the Son of Man has come and has given us understanding. Everybody say understanding. Understanding. The question is then of what? That we may know. Everybody say no. Know what? Know what? That we may know Him. I wonder, my friend, this morning, if you know Him. I wonder if you know Him. No, listen to me. I read clearly. This is in English to make it easy for us. He did not say that we may know of Him. But some people put it in there. Oh, I know of Jesus. And you want me to show you how I can see whether you know Him or you know of Him... I look into your lifestyle. Your life will tell me whether you know Him or not. Not what you say. I better hurry on. Do you want me to hurry on? He says that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him. Everybody say in. We are in Him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God. And eternal life. I thank you. This is so fantastic. This is the true God. We are seeking the true God. Since you were born. Since the day that you were born. There was this emptiness inside of you. You were born in sin. Did you know that? Oh, but preacher. You know, here is my little photo when I was a baby. Isn't that beautiful? Cutie, cutie, cute. Look at the chucky cheeks. (laughs) Well, I look at you now and you're a grown man. And a grown woman, isn't it? Oh, but I was so innocent. They know you were not. Oh, but look at me. I was an angel. No, you're not. You were born in rebellion. You were born as a sinner. You know what I see in that little photo there? I see a dead baby. Wait a minute. You want to tell me that I'm dead? I'm telling you that if you haven't come to Jesus Christ and met the Son of God, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 that you are dead. You're a corpse walking around. I'm not talking about your physical body. I'm talking about your spiritual body. So the question, my friend, this morning is, are you alive or are you dead? Oh, look at me. I'm the party animal. When I go into our group, everybody invite me. They say, here is the group, and then we need the party guy. Yeah, I'm the party guy. No, no. If you haven't met Jesus Christ, your Lord and your Savior, you are dead. You're a walking corpse. You're a zombie. You walk without thinking. Now, now John says here that this is the true God. You see, in a world of fakeness, in a world where people run after fakeness, and they spend their whole effort and time and everything on fakeness, he comes in this verse and he says, this is the true God and eternal life. I wonder, my friend, if you have eternal life this morning. You say, but you just said in a minute or so ago that you may know you have it. Yes, I did. But only you and God and the Holy Spirit will know. And that's the most important thing in your life. Before you walk out of these doors, make sure, make sure that you've got a relationship with the Son of God. Your church attendance won't get you there. Your nice words won't get you there. The list of friends you've got won't get you there. But there's only one who will get you there. He, stay, he, he, no, he sits with them. He sits with His disciples. And, and they come to Him and they say, Jesus, you are going to go away. And, and they say, we don't know where you are going there in the book of John. And He turns to them and He says to them, You know where I'm going. He says these words to them. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, everybody say no one. No one, no one comes to the Father except... Can you say accept? Accept. Through me. What does the word accept mean? That's the only one. I don't know what it means, but I'm just going to use that. (laughs) So here we go now. John gives us two ways that we know the real true Son. There's two ways. One is a physical way, and one is a spiritual way. The physical way we find in our study, 1 John chapter 1 verse 1, listen to this now and understand that while I'm reading to you, this is the John, that fisherman that I gave you in the beginning of the sermon, telling you and me this is what he experienced physically. He says, that which was born from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. Which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Everybody say word of life. life. See what it means to him? This is a person. This is another title for Jesus. Verse 2 he says the life was manifested. And we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard and declared to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. I want you to see there's reasons why he wrote that down. First of all, he says that we can have fellowship with one another. I tell you today, brother and sister, if you haven't got a personal relationship with the Son of God, then you and I can't have fellowship. You, we can't have fellowship. I can't call you a brother. It's amazing in churches. When a person walks through that door there's, a door, there's an amazing thing happening. As soon as he walk over there, they go, Brother, I don't know whether you're a brother. You can only become a brother if you've got a relationship with the Son of God. Apart from that, you're a walking corpse. I'm so sorry if I offend you today, and I hope I do offend you today. But you're a walking corpse. How can I call a walking corpse a brother? You say, but you want to come into the circle of the brethren. No, we're not the brethren. No, no, you come to the Son of God and you start a personal relationship with the Son of God. And guess what's going to happen? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. The Holy Spirit is going to take your poor soul and He's going to baptize you into the body of Christ. And now we can give the Lord (laughs) a Hallelujah! Come on, tell me, tell me, does that excite you when you hear that? The moment, listen to me, the moment He baptizes you into the body, bang, now you're a brother and a sister. Now we have fellowship. He says, I write these things to you because I've met this amazing man, the Son of God, so that we can have fellowship. And here, here comes the thing now. He says, and our fellowship is with the Father and His Son. But wait a minute, preacher. How do I get to the Father again? Huh? Jesus already gave us the way. He says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." So if you haven't got the Son, you haven't got the Father. He's going to say it later on. We're going to preach in that passage. We come into that. I'm starting to advertise. If you haven't got the Son, you haven't got the Father. We want to have fellowship with the Father. Have you ever heard me pray? What do I pray? Say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Who do we pray to? We don't pray to Jesus. We don't pray to the Holy Spirit. We pray to the Father. He says, when you pray, say, my, our Father, who art in heaven. It doesn't make the Father more special and important than the Son and the Holy Spirit. But we come to the Father in the name of Jesus. I want you to see Here is a physical record that he gives us. Look at these words here. See. Can everybody do this? Oh, this. I got confused there. This. What do we do with this? We see. It's the eye gate. Behind this, there's fantastic miracle things that God put in place that gives a signal to the brain. And the fact that I can see you, dream is a picture in my brain. It's in my brain, brother. Oh, Sister you're in my brain I close my eyes And I can still see your smiling face Because there's a picture right there What am I doing in your brain (laughs) I don't know But you see this is the fantastic Thing about that John had to sit there open up his eyes And he saw physically the face Of Jesus Christ And it's not the face you see in the books today Those men with the curly brown hair i preached about it last week didn't i he looked at him and in john's through this miracle in the back of his brain there's a photo of jesus he saw him have you seen jesus we haven't seen him physically not only that he says i looked upon him what does that mean that means they've studied him they looked how he reacted you are doing it as well you are the first time that you've met me you studied me come on don't you You did. We do that. That's what we do, isn't it? You look at somebody, you meet them, and the first thing you look in their facial expressions, whether they are friendly or not. Do you do that? Of course, your face shows that. And then you look how people are dressed. You go, yeah, he's preaching with a jacket, he's a little bit overweight, his tummy's hanging a little bit over, maybe he's not as disciplined as he should be, and um, no, that's just, uh, we don't do those things. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, my brother. I'm glad that that's what you came to. <laughs> Other people say, no, I don't got discipline. You need to get away from the Black Forest gate. <laughs> Thou shalt not. <laughs> but you see, they've studied his life and, and their hands have handled. Everybody do this. Their hands have handled. They've touched him, they shake his hand, they help him up. Maybe he was praying and saying, My Lord, can I help you up? Maybe they handed some bread over, a drink over, a, a brotherly hug. He says I've experienced all of this and then he said I've heard him. Have you seen it how many times? I'm not going to spend more time on that. He said, I've heard him. Everybody do this. You see, the, the Lord is so wonderful, so wonderful that he, he built miraculously here in your ear, things that all of these waves that comes over here goes in and it forms in my mind. Words. Not only my sister is your picture in my brain, but your words as well. He saw him like that and that's a physical proof of the Lord Jesus Christ. But look at this, he calls him the word of life, the word of life. I wanted to take you quickly to a place where I understand he came to this. We find it in John chapter one verse one. In this verse he says, "In the beginning was there? and the word was and the word was. You see there's not a small little A in there God is not a God He is God The real God He was in the beginning with God In Him was light Everybody say light. light. And the light was the light. light of all men And the light shines in darkness And darkness did not comprehend it You see when, darkness, when light comes into a room that's dark Darkness runs away If I say to you, can you lit the candle of darkness for me outside? And we bring a candle of darkness into this place. Will the whole place go dark? No. So what is darkness? Darkness is the absence of light. What is a darkened and a hardened heart of a sinner? The absence of light. You you say to me, how can I have a relationship with the Son of God? You bring light in. And now I'm telling you that He is that light. No, no, not me. The Bible is. You bring the light into your life and He will shine as bright. And this, this is how He found it. The Word is life. The Word of life. I find it very, very beautiful when John says this. In John 1, chapter 14, He says, And that Word, which is life, which is eternal life, which is the light, became flesh. It is like a light came into a dark world when Jesus was born. And He became flesh. Everybody say flesh. flesh. This is the same flesh that John saw. This is the same flesh that John heard. This is the same flesh that He handled and looked upon. He says that became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten Father, Fool of grace and truth. Full of grace. Jesus was full of grace and truth. Now, John was so concerned when he wrote this letter to those people. So concerned. Because in the first century already there was a dullness coming into the church. And may I tell you that there is a dullness in churches today. People don't seek the Son of God anymore. I wonder, my friend, this morning, if you are still seeking Him. Oh, but I've got a relationship with Him. I know. But I'm just seeing and seeing how you handle your physical relationships with your husband or your wife or your children. I'm just looking at that and I see how you neglect them. Then I wonder if you are neglecting your relationship with the Son of God. This is not something you tick in a box. Some Christians live like that, do you know? Oh, I'm born again now. I'm going to heaven and that's it. I'm never going to read the Bible. I'm never going to pray. I'm just going to sit here because I'm born again. I've got a relationship with the Son of God. I wonder how you neglect that relationship. Did you know that this morning, when you were fast asleep, He was sitting on the side of your bed, watching over you? Did you know that He gave angels a command to watch over you? Did you know that? Yes. Have you ever gone to Him? And by the way, we don't worship angels here. Have you ever gone to Him and say, thank you, Lord? When you open up your eyes in the morning and you go, what is the first thing that comes into your mind?" Oh, yeah, here is another terrible day. Oh, goodness. Oh, that I've got to work at that problems with this child and problems with that and by the time you get into the kitchen people can see where the problem is it's on your face am I offending you? I hope so where the spirit of the Lord is there is so why is there not peace in your heart? maybe our, our neglecting your relationship with the Son of God. He's right there. He says, I want to talk to you. You know, I'm a businessman as well. I'm not full-time. I'm just studying, oh, there we go. He's a fake pastor. Whatever you say. I'm a tent maker. But in business, when I set up a meeting with somebody, I'm one of those who make sure that I'm there five minutes before. Because I value somebody's time. If they come five minutes late, that already tells me they don't value me. They haven't got respect for my time. If they haven't got respect for my time, I wonder what self-respect there is in a person. If you can't respect others, because the Bible says do to others as you want to be done to yourself. If I don't respect you, then I don't respect myself. But when it comes to the Son of God, people just go, oh, dear. De, 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 de. Let's get real here. Oh, but you know, I've got such a busy lifestyle, I know. But I'm the one who's giving you the strength and the power to get through your day. Have you noticed? But Lord, if you live in the I mean, come on. When you were living, there were no iPads around and iPhones and social media and TikTok and all of this stuff, Lord. <coughs> Let's get real here, Lord. When you were around, there was lots of time. I could sit under a tree and talk to you the whole day. Today I've got it. Let's get real here. The relationship with the Son of God. John is concerned about this real Christianity. The real Christianity. The fact that I looked at my watch means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> now, for him, it was more important that we have a spiritual experience with Jesus Christ. This is what I want to come to. And I'm going to end with this. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, look at him writing this. He says, that which we have seen and heard, we declare it to you. We tell you about this. Why, John? So that you may have fellowship with us. That is a physical fellowship. Do you agree with me? I mean, you physically seeing me today. You can come and shake my hand. If you think I'm just not, if you think I'm not real, come up here. I'm sweating right now, you can feel my sweat, don't, please don't, but I am real, we can have physical fellowship, we're going to go out there, we're going to talk to each other, but here he comes now, he says, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, is he here that we can give him a hug? No, not physically, now he goes into the spiritual, he says there's a physical fellowship and there's a spiritual fellowship, how do we become into this fellowship in a spiritual way? There's only one way. Everybody say one way. way. Only one way. It's written in John chapter 3 verse 7. Where Jesus says to Nicodemus. Do not marvel Nicodemus that I say that you must be born again. Do you know what I'm talking about? You must be born again. There's no other way. You see, this is a spiritual experience because it's a spiritual birth. In John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus answered Nicodemus, and He says, "Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to Him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter into his mother's womb and be born? Come on, Jesus, understand this. But Jesus said, no, Nicodemus, you don't understand. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, physical birth, and a spiritual birth, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He's a walking corpse. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And I want to show you now one of my most favorite verses in the Bible. The whole Bible is important to me, but this is one of my favourite. He says here in John chapter 1, verse 12, but as many as received Him, say received. received, as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in His name, who were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. You sit here today and you say to me, preacher, you are really hitting my heart with those words. You are really passionate about it. But you know what? I'm going to give it five years from now and then I will come to the Lord and I will say I will be born again. I'm telling to you it won't happen. The Spirit of the Lord comes to you and He knocks on you. And today is the day. Today is the day. Not when you decide. I gave my heart to the Lord. No, you can't give your heart to the Lord. Oh, but I gave it to... No, no, you can't. He came to you. It wasn't your will. It was when the time the Holy Spirit came to you and said to you in that little church down there in Karam Downs that you know that you haven't got a relationship with the Son of God and you need to come to the cross and you need to repent of your sin and come and submit to Him that you can come into this relationship. Only then you will be born of God. Of God. You see, why do I go on about it? Because go and do that this afternoon in the whole letter, the first letter, seven times John referenced this birth. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 29, practices righteousness in born of God. 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, whoever has been born of God. And then he continues on to say, because he has been born of God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, beloved, uh, everyone who loves is born of God. Uh, 1 John chapter 5 verse 1, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. 1 John chapter 5 verse 4, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. 1 John chapter 5 verse 18, we know that whoever is born of God. I'm telling you today that it is important that you understand that you need to be born of God. I'm sounding like a broken record, but that is what it is. You say, why do you hit that thing so many times? Because Jesus did it. Because John did it. And I can turn now to the book of Peter. I can turn now to James. And everything comes back to the same thing. You say, okay, so what do you know? So what do you do now that you know experienced Him? What shall we do? Am I reading that right? So what do you do now that you've experienced Him at the birth? My brain is just running too fast. What do you do now? You sit here this morning and you say, Yes, preacher, praise the Lord. I know the Son of God. I've got a relationship with Him. What do we do with that? There's only one answer. We share Him. We need to share Him. We share Him out wherever we can. I'll give you two more scriptures and then we'll pray. 1 John chapter 1 verse 3. That which we have seen, we declare to you. Everybody say declare. Declare. If you have a relationship with the most important person in the world, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, you would want to tell everybody about it. Wouldn't you? I want to know. He says, we declare to you that we have fellowship. Because by declaring Him to people, you get a deeper fellowship with people. 1 John chapter 1 verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from Him. And declare it to you that God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. There's two ways that we declare Him. Sorry, I said the last two as I've got another two. There's two ways that we share Jesus. One, by the words we speak. We can speak the words. Proverbs 18 verse 21. And may I just say... That the word of faith movement has misused this verse so terribly Proverbs 18 verse 21 says Death and life are in the power of the tongue And those who love it will eat its fruit You know what some people they say They say oh you're sick We will just come and speak life over you That ain't true sorry If you your whole life believe that I'm so sorry to disappoint you today Are you offended by that? I hope so because if you're offended by that, maybe you can go and study it. This means that if I preach the gospel, what does it bring? Life. Life! Hallelujah! Yeah. You know, you, you, children, if you've got your child and every time your child comes around and they say, Ah, oh, you're dumb. Don't worry, you're just dumb. <laughs> Parents, ah, oh, no, you're terrible. Shut up! You're terrible! You're dumb! Just go and sit in the corner. Oh, you wouldn't know. Those words carry something. It takes confidence away. It brings death. So word, it lies in your tongue. uh, Life and death. But here I want to use it. It says here, death and life is in the power of the tongue, and You will eat the fruit of there. I've got another scripture jumping up in my mind. If you open up in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, He says, though your sins were like red, like scarlet, and like crimson, I will wash it whiter and snow and whiter than wool. And then He goes on to the next verse. He says, those who are obedient will eat the fruit of the land. The obedience comes through the speaking of words and followed secondly and finally by the life you live i say you say to me what do we do that we know this i say to you we share it john shared it to us he wrote to us in the book the words which he spoke he went all around the world preaching the gospel what did he bring life life it brought life the second thing you can look into the life of john i've read it to you at the beginning of the service i gave you his life whole life and you can look at his whole life and the testimony of Around him, they said that John, who was the fisherman, and the John, who is the apostle, there's a difference. We look into his life now, and we can see there's been a change because he's got a relationship with the Son of God. 1 John chapter 1, verse 6, he writes it himself. He says, If we say we have fellowship with him and we walk, everybody say, Walk. Walk. We're going to hear about that in a couple of weeks. But if we walk in darkness, that's your lifestyle. We lie and we do not practice the truth. We are challenged today to move beyond the mere knowledge of 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 just knowing about Jesus, but to have a personal relationship with the Son of God. I just want to pray before, brother. Just, 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 I, I'll get to you. Just give me a few minutes. I want you to think. I want to ask you a question and then I'm going to pray and then I'll listen to what you want to say, brother. Be real this morning. Have you got a relationship with the Son of God? Now, listen to me clearly. If you want to grow in that relationship with the Son of God, go and read. Before next week, because I'm going to preach about it again next week. Go and read the gospel according to John because he's going to introduce you and you're going to meet in that gospel the Son of God. If you want to meet the Son of Man, which is the same person, go and read the gospel according to Luke. Yeah? If you want to meet the king, go read uh, the book of uh, Matthew. If you want to see the action Jesus, go and read Mark. But I want to This morning, I just want to come closer to the Son of God. Would you? Do you want to come like me closer to Him? I just want to say at the end of this, I wanted to put it up and I forgot I I should have done that. It's the ABC of being saved. First of all, you acknowledge that you're a sinner. That's the A. This morning, if you sit here and you acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, that's what you acknowledge. And that you need a Saviour. If you're sitting here today and you don't know the Lord, you say, maybe I don't know, preacher. Nobody needs to know, but it's just you and God. I ask you today to come to Him. I ask you, why are you sitting here? And why is the Holy Spirit prompting upon your heart today? First, you acknowledge Him. He is Lord. You acknowledge that He has been risen from the grave. And then you acknowledge that you're a sinner. You were born a sinner. Don't come and tell me how good you are. I can tell you in a few moments how how you are not good. I'm not going to do that because you're going to be offended and don't like me anymore. But then, once you realize you're a sinner, you confess your sin to the Lord Jesus Christ. Not to man. He will forgive you your sin. And then you receive Him. You say, Lord, please save my soul. Would you do that this morning? It's over to you and the Lord. Let's pray and then I'm going to listen to my brother. Heavenly Father. I thank you so much this morning for your word. And Father, I must, have, I must confess today, Lord, your word is living, and it's alive, and it's powerful. And I don't want to preach anything but your word. And I Thank you, Lord, that your word, I could have seen it, Lord, your spirit is in this place. I can see, Lord, in people's faces that your spirit did work in hearts this morning, and I thank you for that, Lord. It's not because of my preaching, nothing, Lord. It's because of the power of the word of God. Now, Father, for those people who are touched this morning who say, Lord, I don't know you, like the preacher said, and they are there sitting right now and calling out to you. All you need to do is say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Help me, save me, guide me, Father. Show me my sins so that I can confess it and save my soul. Father, those people, I pray that your Holy Spirit comes close to them and bring them through your Holy Spirit with baptism into the body of Christ so that we may have fellowship with each other and with you, the Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. amen. My brother, sorry, I had to just close know, that. I don't even want to stand up. The Lord has prompted me this morning that I'm not going to say right so look we'll at me come up here brother. do it come up here do it there's no we do it as the spirit leads my brother if the Lord lays it upon your heart you do it just the way that the Lord wants you flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God yes Lord you must be born That which is born.